to the bonus Oh yeah, we need, we need an intro, an intro song. That's what, like the little. Renault's gamble looked to have paid off when PK crashed heavily and brought out the safety car. Is that clock going slowly? It is! That's clock! Oh my goodness me! Eyeliner. I've gone from here. Yeah, you can uh, tell you got eyeliner on. I don't have eyeliner. Oh. Oh. <laughs> You're just pretty. <laughs> oh, fuck off. <laughs> oh my god. What the fuck? Okay. <laughs> Hello guys and welcome to the Park Fem channel. We've got a little little something new for you guys today. Uh, throughout the entirety of October, every single Friday, you will be able to catch a fun little Formula One conspiracy theory video. Um, so welcome to episode one of the F1 conspiracy theory thing. Videos. Thing. Videos. <laughs> Series. Series. Um, we going to be covering um, a few different ones um, this month, and we thought it was only fair. Seeing as this one's been speculating around a lot again recently, mm. like a lot. Um, this one of the biggest. One of the biggest. It is the conspiracy surrounding the 2015 pre-season test. And if you don't know what that is, then you clearly live under a rock. Um <laughs> I think this is genuinely something like new fans and old fans will know. Yeah, it popped up like recently, yeah. like everywhere. But like, like I only, I only found out like um, the other month from my friend telling me. Like I, I didn't know until then, and I think it's. I mean, it's definitely interesting. It's interesting, it's interesting. Yes, for sure. So to give you guys an overview of the um, the twenty fifteen preseason test. It was on the final day of testing out in Barcelona. Um, and after Fernando Alonso had completed 20 laps, he mysteriously crashed in turn three. It was a low speed accident. Um, and that is what speculated all of what is about to come. Back then, Fernando Alonso was racing for McLaren at the time. Um, they were, you know, testing the car as you always do. Um, and as we said, he was 20 laps in. Um, and going into turn three, he had a very, very low speed crash. We say very, very low speed. It was, what, 65 miles per hour, which is obviously still mm -hmm. fast. However, you know, 60 miles per hour. However, it's 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 slow for a Formula One car to be crashing. Um, yeah. He was further airlifted to hospital um, from the track and the team stated that it was due to unpredictable gusty winds. Hmm. quotation marks um, <laughs> several drivers had reported that turn was proving to be difficult due to the wind that day and um, on this day we did in fact see six red flags um, one of them being the other Spaniard on the grid Carlos Sainz who crashed his Toro Rosso at turn 3 also uh, the difference was the speed and the damage to the car um, Carlos Sainz's car you know, sustained a higher amount of damage than Fernando Alonso's due to the speed he was going at um, and Fernando Alonso went on to spend three days in hospital after the impact. 150 kilometers, 60 mile per hour, reasonably low for a Formula One car. Bit weird that you would then go to spend three days in hospital after that, when you see nowadays drivers will get, you know, go off much higher, spend yeah. a night and get rid off immediately. Mm -hmm. He also 
then went on to miss the first race of the season in Australia. And this was his first, this was like, you know, he, he just joined the team. So it was a bit weird that he was then joining McLaren and was missing the first race of the season over a small crash from a little bit of wind. Mm-hmm. Sebastian Vettel was the driver behind him at the time. Um, and he went on to say that it seemed as if he veered into the wall for no apparent reason whatsoever. And the crash seemed very, very strange. Um, nobody has ever really seen any footage of it because no footage has ever been released of the accident. Um, even though there is like multiple angles filmed of this because they filmed all the time at testing. Um, and Seb's on board of the crash would exist as well but we have never seen any of it. So it's a bit it's weird. That never been out. It's such a small accident is what they're putting it as because it was, you know, low speed, low impact, but it meant that he was in hospital for three days, missed the first race mm-hmm. of the season and no footage was released. Yeah, that's a lot. there was a lot of secrecy around it. Yeah, definitely. So There's a lot of lies. I think I'm going to go into detail, but there's so many like back and forth. Like they said one thing and then they retracted that statement and released a different statement. So... It's very, very weird. Very, very, very weird. Now, I've written down the conspiracies. Whether they are in any sort of order, I don't know. Uh, but one of the first and one of the main kind of conspiracies was that Fernando Alonso fainted behind the wheel. And that is what caused the crash. So he was driving, he fainted, and obviously then had no control over his car and proceeded to crash. Um and apparently, you know, they refused to air that this information was the reason why, um, just so that people wouldn't question his health or whether he should continue racing because, you know, why else would you be fainting behind the wheel of a car unless something was seriously, seriously wrong? Um, and another was that Fernando was unconscious and that he was unconscious for a few moments after the crash, which the team originally denied. The team originally denied that he did not fall unconscious behind the behind the car whether that was while racing whether that was after they stated that he never fell unconscious originally mm-hmm. um this was later debunked as you can say uh because ron dennis came out later and admitted that the exact same week of the crash so immediately after he said no he didn't go unconscious and it was about five days after he came out and said that he was unconscious for a few seconds after the crash so ron dennis came out and basically was just like hey okay he did he crashed he was unconscious for a few seconds then he was fine but he did further um confirm that confirm further denied that he lost consciousness before the crash so it started off with he didn't fall unconscious at all so he fell unconscious to no actually he wasn't unconscious before he crashed but he was unconscious after he crashed for a few seconds how you would then fall unconscious after such a low speed crash mm. yeah still weird i don't buy yeah. that's still not adding like up. usual yeah um a german journalist as well ralph bash um, originally wrote an article during the time that Fernando Alonso woke up speaking Italian and believed that he still drove for Ferrari. This baffles me the most. Yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. It's like, I, it's like these things, you just, I'd, I'd love one day for it all to come out. Yeah. And especially the next one is, yeah. is even more crazy. The Sp- a Spanish newspaper 
Um, I forgot to write down which Spanish newspaper it was. But a Spanish newspaper claimed he'd lost his memory and believed he was in 1995. Bearing in mind that um, this happened in 2015, so 20 years. Um, And it took a week for him to recover. And apparently he came out and said, I'm Fernando, I race carts, and I want to be a Formula One driver. There was another thing that came out as well that he said he believed he was 13 when he was in fact 21 and it took a week for his memory to return and they say his memory loss has changed him and that's why he's still racing at 41 when most drivers would have retired by now. It's it's Like the whole memory loss thing. That, yeah. I think that's quite scary as well. Yeah. Because like... it's It's so weird. Which I think the memory loss one really, really ties in with this. Because if you think how else would he be able to lose his memory? The biggest conspiracy theory around this is that he was in fact electrocuted by his car. And that while he was sat in the seat, he was Mm -hmm. electrocuted by Honda's ERS system. Um, Which is quite new as well, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It, you know... And it's also been conspired that this was all kept hidden. Like, the, you know, him being electrocuted was kept hidden because Honda's repu- the Honda's reputation um, because they had just rejoined Formula One. And if they just joined Formula One and someone finally got electrocuted by them, it was not going to look good. Yeah. Former Formula One driver Fabrizio Bereza, um claimed he knew from sources. Okay. He knew from sources that he knew Fernando Alonso had in fact been electrocuted. Hmm. which is a very very big statement to put out there if it's wrong very big he also stated that he took a 600 watt hit with serious consequences including difficulty focusing and temporary obstruction of the veins which very very big statement to put out if it is just a conspiracy especially from a formula one drive like if a doctor would say that or someone would treat at him then i'd be like well maybe but another driver like hmm, yeah as an ex-driver it carries some weight like you sit there like you wouldn't sit there and throw around yeah they wouldn't straight up lie no especially not sort of yeah i just especially when it could damage his reputation if they came out Mm. and actually no he just put out a lie like it's it's quite scary because it's just it's not anything you think about like you think about you know people could get electrocuted by like the hybrid system and everything like that and you you know you see them maybe the drivers or the team messing around with like the hooks that they've got in the carriage but like seeing this kind of thing it's like it's it's scary because you think like even if if this did or didn't happen it could Mm. like nothing like whether it is a thing but Celeste as a marshal you sort of know is it you're not allowed to touch the car until you're given a certain signal yeah, that's supposed to be an electric, like, because um, there's electric components? Yeah, you sometimes see drivers, like, jump out of their car, like, literally jump. You saw it with Seb, I think it was Canada, where he jumped so high out of the car, because when there's a green little light on top of the car, and if that's not green, you cannot touch the car. If you touch the car, you will get electrocuted, but... That's why you see drivers jump out. I'm not sure how that is inside the car. Yeah. With the drivers being inside. I know the whole body frame and the body work is like loaded with electricity, but I'm not entirely sure how that is from being inside of the car. Yeah, obviously this is like twenty fifteen. So this is like Mm. pretty new to the hybrid system. There's not so much of like a 
survival cell as there is now. And I remember um, reading something somewhere, who knows where, um, that like it, it took a while for the marshals to actually like gain access to the car as well, mm. and like therefore like it being a while until lose air lifted and everything. Which I think just like it makes it even more interesting because it's just like God, like what happened, and I I wonder what the if you know obviously there were marshals on site like I wonder if the marshals know anything yeah because that would be quite interesting see what they think yeah there was another Formula One driver um, Renee Anu who stepped forward regarding the situation and said he also believes that it was out of the ordinary which the whole situation definitely is no matter how much you look into it it's out of the ordinary and he stated that he himself has driven in formula one and he knows exactly what he's talking about he went on to say that the impact was lateral more of a glancing blown and it does not explain the damage to alonso he also wanted to say that he firmly believes that Alonso felt wrong at the steering wheel and he also believed that the wind was an excuse. Which makes sense because Fernando Alonso in the paddock, when he finally returned, denied everything and saying he suspected an issue with his steering column which locked his wheel to the right. Yeah, he completely contradicted everything the team really said. Um, when he was in the paddock, he said that a small gust of wind physically could not do that to the car. Um, and that not even a hurricane could move the car at that speed. And especially with Fan- Fernando Alonso and his talent, like, it's not like it's some kind of not talented, like, it's not like it's a rookie. It's not like, you know, it's someone who doesn't have a lot of experience. Yeah. It's Fernando Alonso, at this point, he was a two-time world champ. Yeah, but mm-hmm. even then, when you're in, like, a normal road car, you don't get a gust of wind. I know, obviously, they don't weigh nearly as much as a normal but you don't get blown to the side of the road and crash into a fence because of a gust of wind yeah like it just doesn't like it, no. obviously they I get mean, affected they'll have to turn sort of into the wind a bit more like yeah it is coming sort of across the track but not to the extent to cause him to crash the way he did and the response it got. Yeah. yeah we've seen like cars spinning because of like a gust of wind like suddenly came on track and we saw them like sort of struggling with the car or sometimes spinning around but crashing is a whole other level especially what the speed he crashed and everything it just it doesn't make sense to be a gust of wind in my mm. opinion yeah well the, the corner as well sorry just okay the yeah, corner as it. well um surely there's some sort of a runoff area between not a runoff area but you know what i mean like sort of grass now though so if it yeah. was a gust of wind he had that sort of distance to have been able to semi sort of correct yeah there. Unless yeah, there was wasn't... something wrong with the steering and he was exactly. locked to the right. But if it was a gust of wind, you sit there and think, well, he's got enough time between then and the wall, especially going so slow. It's Definitely. not like it was a split like decision. He would have had time to correct himself before going into the wind. Like, yeah. into the wall, sorry. See, I thought I noted this down, but after scrolling through, I cannot see where I've noted it down. But I remember it in my head that it was said that the what it came out and said is that his um, steering wheel like the steering column had locked in place and his mm-hmm. wheel was then locked to the right so he could do nothing yeah. about it which you know that could literally be it but it still doesn't make sense as to why he fell unconscious for multiple seconds after was withheld in hospital for three days and missed mm. out on the first uh-huh. race of the season yeah um go for it what, what i think is also interesting is 
there has to be someone on the track who was at that scene who came to the crash and said, this man needs to get airlifted to the hospital. Yeah. You don't just make that decision. You don't just say we need someone to be airlifted to a hospital. That is, yeah. If someone is just crashed and he's like, oh yeah, I'm fine. Maybe have some sore neck or something like that. They say, well, we get the medical car out and you will get checked by the medical team. But to be Mm. airlifted, there has to be something serious. Yeah, He must have definitely been unresponsive. At the time. I yeah, I believe he was unconscious because there. I don't think there's any way, any else like how he got airlifted. Like why yeah. would you airlift? The and, yeah, it's, it's not like it's going in an ambulance. It's like that. Yeah. So either it's like, like risk to life. Like... Exactly. Yeah. So either the unconscious or maybe that he did say something that didn't add up, like yeah. the memory loss. I I think it's hard to believe, but I would love to believe because it's. A, not for him, obviously, but it's like yeah. this, it's a big story and it will sort of, yeah, I don't know. But something like that, it has to be something serious for someone to go, we need a helicopter. Yeah. Some of the truths that came out of it, though. Whether you use these to debunk any of the conspiracies or further prove the point of the conspiracies was that obviously not, Fernando Alonso was knocked unconscious. And as I was saying earlier, Ron Dennis later admitted that same week that he was unconscious for a few seconds after originally denying it, but further denied that he lost unconsciousness before the crash, obviously, which we went through earlier. But for a few seconds, unconscious for a few seconds, you know, the mechanic, wouldn't, mechanic the marshal wouldn't have even been anywhere near the car yeah. at that point. Um, it was not a normal testing accident. Um, Ron Dennis originally claimed that it was a normal testing accident um, but after the long hospital stay and the absence from the Australian Grand Prix it was suggested completely differently no incident like that you know results in three days as it stands as it just being a Mm -hmm. racing incident Fernando Alonso didn't suffer concussion so people stated for ages that he you know was concussed uh, but mclaren came forward and stated 28 hours after the crash that alonso suffered concussion but later mm. on ron dennis stated that he hadn't actually suffered concussion only had symptoms of it so it's as if mclaren and ron dennis were kind of shooting things out that they wanted the public to hear and then mm-hmm. had to mm. retract it when they kind of knew more of the facts and realized that what they were saying weren't going to meet anything else yeah um they just realized it wasn't like adding up as well like a lot of the things that were said from mclaren themselves and then obviously the rumors around like the from what the journalists were saying none of it adds up like at all i was responding to bbc they have an article from not from 2015 when it happened Mm-hmm. Right, and they reported that he was driving 133 miles per hour the article in front of me says that he was driving at a speed of 215 kilometers an hour when he lost control of his car yeah there are so many yeah. different Some things people, that yeah. say how what speed he was going at um, fast, so 150 kilometers 60 miles per hour is kind of like what the majority say and i think that's what um Sebastian Vettel also came forward and like agreed on was the speed he was going at because also, he came forward yeah. and said he was going slow. But there's a yeah. photo on here of his car alongside the wall and like mm-hmm. paramedics, him on the floor, and they look like they're obviously doing stuff to him on the floor. His car is in no way damaged. Yeah. 
That's what you would see at 130 mile an hour. There yeah. is his car is completely intact. Yeah, mm. that doesn't happen. You no. see it's how Carlos signs his, You see how Carlos Sainz's car was after yeah. his crash, and his was mm. double the speed of Fernando Alonso's, and it was in bits. Yeah, but also coming out of turn two, like going towards turn three, there's no way you could get that much speed. No. Yeah, and it's, and it's Fernando Alonso of Barcelona. That's the track he probably knows the me- the best on the calendar. Yeah, exactly. It's Spanish. It's his home track. He knows what he's doing. So that's yeah. just that's completely irregular itself. Yeah, there's yeah. no way this was just a regular testing no. t- like crash as McLaren pulled out to be. The only other facts, obviously the truths that we still have from the whole thing, is obviously back to what we stated earlier that Fernando denied that it was caused due to the small gust of due to a small gust of wind um and then mm-hmm. he stated it was the steering locking which you know obviously the three conspiracy well obviously what mclaren put out was that it was the wind and it was clearly not the wind even mm. agreed by their own driver so yeah. you know and he's saying it's the steering you're steering locking and you're going off at that miles per hour to what happened after yeah i was gonna say it doesn't explain the hospital trip exactly three days of hospital and missing out on the grand prix why and like you don't like just miss out exactly and that doesn't explain that like obviously like how we talk about it now like you know like say mention um shows crash in Mm -hmm. yeah we went to hospital for that like to uh, to miss like to go to hospital for three days miss the next grand prix you can't say you're unharmed from that. Like, it's Fernando Alonso. You could, like, cut his leg off and he'd probably not, like... He'd be like, no, I can still drive. <laughs> like, yeah, literally. But it was the fact that after everything, several teams stated they were going to boycott the Australian Grand Prix due to safety worries. Yeah. Which, why would teams agree to boycott the first race of the season over yeah. safety worries... Mm-hmm if it was just a problem with the steering column. That yeah, is that easily fixable. Back to, mm. Yeah, that puts me back to, like, the ERS system, like, yeah. failing. or Because every car had it. Yeah, every car had it. And I'm not sure how specific they were in 2015 with, like, the data they shared and they could see from other teams. But I'm pretty sure they had some, to some extent, like, data from the other teams. So they would see, like, maybe a failure in whatever whatever the ers was triggering but that for me that makes sense why the teams would say we're not racing this weekend because it could be too dangerous with these new ers systems mm-hmm. so that puts for me puts more truth towards that but that is yeah it's so complicated <laughs> there's so many factors the thing is though obviously this wasn't the only weird scenario Fernando Alonso has been involved in in the entirety of his Formula 1 career um, very much in his earlier days obviously with Crashgate was very very much involved At the point of Crashgate in 2008 Fernando Alonso was a consistent race winner prior to this season um, and he had a horrific season with Renault that year where he physically could not win a single race and mm-hmm. after a horrific qualifying he also went up to line up 15th in Singapore um, and people then believed that his winning drought was still there. Like, it was still going. Weirdly enough, Nelson Piquet Jr.'s crash came at the perfect time. Literal perfect time to suit Fernando Alonso's strategy because it pulled a safety car and allowed Fernando Alonso to win 
permitting he could defend off of Lewis Hamilton in the end, which he did. And that's where all the conspiracies start, which the whole situation with Spygate is another reason why people don't want to believe Fernando Alonso when he says that, no, 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 this is exactly what happened. Because it was proven that things around him haven't always been straightforward. So obviously from the beginning... Renault brought out Benetton, kept it pretty much the same with Flavio Briatore um, in charge and Pat Simmons heading the technical department. Fernando Alonso was promoted from the development driver to full-time in 2003 with Renault and took his debut win and the team's first win since 1983, where he then went on to win the drivers and constructors in 2005 and 2006 and then mysteriously left to join McLaren for 2007 with the rookie Lewis Hamilton. That should have been a very, very easy year for him. McLaren very, very strong. And he was, you know, finished in third. Tied on points with his rookie teammate, Lewis Hamilton. After that year of McLaren, he then left to go join Renault in 2008 with Nelson Piquet Jr. And was having a horrific year. Where he sat seventh in the championship with no wins as we went into Singapore. Now, this, this is where things start to go a bit weird. Um, the team gave Fernando Alonso an alternative strategy, a quick low fuel stint as he struggled um, when he pitted in lap 12 to refuel and change. He then, you know, came out, joined at the back. Would make sense. He pitted very, very early on. He was already quite far back. Two laps later, Nelson Piquet Jr. crashed at the exit of turn 17. And it was a very, very weird crash. And he went seeing the crash will vouch that it's a very, very weird crash. The safety car was released and due to the awkward place of where turn 17 is, most of the drivers had actually passed the pit lane at this point before it had managed to close, except for two cars. So at this point, Fernando Alonso is the only one that's pitted. All these other cars can't come into pit because if you weren't aware that at that time, F1 cars were fueled until they're expected pit stops and they were not allowed to pit under the safety car. So at the time, this saw um, Nico Rosberg and Robert Kubica um, would either have to serve a 10 second stop and go penalty each or risk running out of fuel and, you know, subsequently DNFing from the race. So it was very weirdly placed um, and, you know, just meant that as soon as, you know, this the safety car could lift... Fernando Alonso, already pitting, had an advantage. The safety car then obviously caused all the pack to close up together. And once the pit opened, everyone, bar Fernando Alonso and the others, um, you know, that were able to pit, all piled into the pit, which caused an excessive amount of um, chaos. If you think you see chaos in the pits right now in Formula One, this was another level. Every team (laughs) had to double stack because there was no way in hell they were getting, you know, going to be able to get the cars to go around anymore all the cars were just being released whenever they needed to it was havoc um and he managed to m- maintain the lead for the remainder of the race with the alternative strategy helping him take his first win of the season he went on to say in his interview that this will be a historic race and he then went on to actually win the next race in japan People believe that it was premeditated, but Max Mosley dismissed these speculations at the time. So this is another scenario of where shit happens, and then the main man in charge at the time goes, "No, actually, um, wrong. By the way, I mean, it didn't happen." 
Max Mosley has his own controversies. If you know, yeah. you know. Yeah, definitely. So in the following years, everyone kind of looked past this and pretended it didn't exist. Everyone except one man, Nelson Piquet Jr. So in 2007, in round 10, Nelson Piquet Jr. had zero points, while Fernando Alonso took 13. So at the time, if you weren't aware, um, first was 10 points. He was obviously dropped from the from the team for not being able to match his teammate and was replaced by Roman Grosjean. And it had been a year since Singapore 2008 when PK stepped forward to the FIA and said that Briatore and Simmons had told him to crash on lap 14 to allow Fernando Alonso to win. Boogie. Yeah. <laughs> he noted that every single thing that happened was manufactured that day from the lap to the corner to ensure the safety car. So they had told him, we're going to do this at this time. You need to do this at this time at this corner because they needed it to be that corner. So all the other teams had gone past the pits. They weren't able to pit. The FIA announced that they would look into the alleged incidents at a previous Formula One event, but everyone knew it was Singapore. Five days later, Renault were formally accused of interfering with the outcome of the 2008 Singapore Grand Prix and conspired with its driver, Nelson Piquet Jr., to deliberately crash. And the team were called to the FIA World Motorsport Council meeting on the 21st of September 2009. So between the formal accusation on the 4th of September and the meeting on the 21st of September, Piquet actually made further statements regarding the situation and Alonso was actually dismissed as to having no involvement. Didn't have any involvement whatsoever. Renault then took legal action on Piquet, but later put out this statement. It was, the ING Renault Formula One team will not dispute the recent allegations made by the FIA concerning the 2008 Singapore Grand Prix. Also wishes to state that its managing director, Flavio Briatore, and its executive director of engineering, Pat Simmons, have left the team. Suspicious. Very suspicious. The meeting still went ahead, and Renault actually received a two-year suspension, which meant that they could still compete in Formula One. But if they took one foot out of line, that meant they were banned permanently from the sport, which obviously we know they didn't because Renault was here for a very, very long time to follow. Briatore was actually banned permanently from Formula One, and he was no longer allowed to manage any drivers whatsoever, but that was changed later down the line. While Simmons only received a five-year ba- five ban as he actually confessed to the allegations, saying that they did in Please. fact instigate the whole thing. So after the 2005 US Grand Prix and Spygate 2007, a lot of people saw that Crashgate 2008 as the nail in the coffin for Formula One. But was that really the biggest scandal? And will Fernando Alonso actually create even more scandals to his name before he finishes, you know, his Formula One career when he actually turns uh, 41 mentally, seeing as he's only probably about <laughs> 31 at the moment? <laughs> because if that is the case, we'll be seeing him into his 50s, I think, at this point. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, damn. There is so much... I... Yeah. Fernando Alonso has had a very interesting few years regarding scandals. From (laughs) Spygate to Crashgate. To now calling all silly season. To silly season. Silly season. Really, in reality, Aston Martin said, it is a rookie. It is, you know? (laughs) It is a rookie. (laughs) Yeah. 
mentally, mentally he is yes. a rookie. He's only just finished he's his Phoenix things. series career. You know, he was only karting <laughs> um, what seven years ago. Yeah, he wanted to be a Formula One driver seven years ago. He was karting, <laughs> and now he's now now he can start Formula One in the Aston Martin and maybe become a world drivers champion. Do you remember we were like in London when that got announced? When he got announced in Aston, and oh. I literally I woke up and I was in bed and I just go, oh my. God. Yeah, and I've said that. Katie's like, what? I'm like, what? And she goes, Alonso's at Aston Martin. I was like, what? Like he is. I was like, no way. I was like, oh God, Celeste's going to wake up and see this. Oh, I hated it. How do you go from full time world champion to random Formula One rookie? Random Formula One rookie who we have no evidence of his feeder series in the past seven years we don't even know if he's real maybe this is all maybe he doesn't even know if he's that's a new conspiracy (laughs) it wasn't fernando alonso in the car fernando alonso thinks he's dreaming the new conspiracy that wasn't actually fernando alonso in the car when it happened and they actually 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 electrocuted a random (laughs) young driver and he actually eventually was put into a coma oh okay right and that's why they had to take that's why they had to take the three days the three days in hospital was because that's the three days the guy was in the coma and fernando alonso refused to drive in australia because he felt so bad for the incident that occurred Mm. yeah sure okay that's okay yeah yeah we have a new one Thank you, thank you, thank you. I solved the mystery of um, we solved the, mystery. the conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, I'm really curious to see if this ever is gonna come out. Like, yeah. there has to be a point. Maybe when he like really, really retires from F1 and really, really retires from racing, where he's gonna open up about this. I can't imagine people mm-hmm. forgetting he about this. So I'm. Yeah, I think there is going to be yeah, a I day think... somewhere where he is going to say, look, I'm done with racing now, I'm going to tell the whole story. Yeah, he has said that he, he's going to be writing a book when he retires, and he's yep. going to be letting go of a lot of things. I really yeah. hope so. Cause and he's going to so... he's gonna pull, like, a K-Mag. Like, if you remember when K-Mag left oh, everyone, yeah. he yeah. let everything out. Damn, and Which is a, everything. a little awkward now. But I think... back in about five years' time read along the book <laughs> yeah. Yeah. five yeah. years he's still got at least another 10 years in him for at least to make 40 i'm being, I'm being, I'm being hopeful okay <laughs> give me a chance yeah. well we hope you have uh t- we hope we've tickled your brains there we go oh god <laughs> what? Why? Um, we would love to hear what you think happened what you what believe you happened um, to yes, Fernando Alonso in 2015 um, and if you think any more weird conspiracies are going to continue to follow Fernando Alonso there might be one coming out about the Aston Martin seat for all we know um, you can catch us next Friday we're talking a few more conspiracy theories we'll actually be covering the strange title loss of 2007 which oh, you guys no. stated back obviously to you know be interested in fernando alonso you know released a book but the weird title loss of 2007 is around lewis hamilton and yes. he has actually stated that at the time he didn't know what happened but now he does but he cannot speak about dun, dun, dun. it 
he can't dun, 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 dun. speak about it. So when he leaves, we might actually get an answer to that one. And hopefully yeah. Fernando Alonso will, you know, either follow in his footsteps or lead the pack by releasing his book first. Or I after. hope so. And gives I us really the answers so. we want. <laughs> but I am convinced that my conspiracy is the correct one and that's exactly what happened. That it was a different person <laughs> in the car. <laughs> Just a Fernando Alonso look like, you know. Mm. No. Definitely. Thank you guys for joining us. Make sure yeah. you give the video a like. Um, if you're listening to this on Spotify, Google or Apple, make sure you hit that a like as well. Give us a little five star rating and we will see you guys Tuesday. Not Tuesday. See you guys Wednesday for a podcast episode. And next yes. Friday once again for another little conspiracy video for the month of Spooktober. Mm. Spooktober. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>